especially when one don't have any idea what the hell we're doing. Which one would that be, you or me? Uh, that would probably be me. I don't know. I'm going to run in a close second. Well, anyway, <laughs> my name's Chuck, and you are? I'm Lou. I'm the better looking of the old two old farts. And you're also the patriarch, the father, and grandfather, and great-grandfather. Grandfather, yes. Great-grandfather, like. So I'm the son, a father, and a grandfather. And father. so yeah, that makes you a great-grandfather. I forgot about that one. That makes you get old. Oh, um, I think that's why we're called the two old farts, Dad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, so I figured after our inaugural, is that how you pronounce it, episode that we would uh, like introduce ourselves, if you will, other than just, you know, I'm Chuck and you're Lou and we're the two old farts out and about. But like, who are you? Tell, tell, hey, by the way, we had, I think, 19 people listening to the podcast since it came out. Oh, that is pretty awesome. I think so, too. 18, 18, 19 people. So, hey, congratulations. Thank you to you lucky 19 people. Uh, appreciate it. And keep listening, and we'll make this thing even better and more fun. That is correct. So, uh, so now, back to you, Dad. Who are you? You know, I don't really know. I'm just some old country boy from a little place called Seal, Alabama. As we used to say when I was first in the military, ain't no town, ain't no city, just a little place called Diddy Wadi. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I think you need to go back a little bit more because you weren't born in Alabama, were you? No, I was actually born in Jackson, Mississippi. My father was stationed there during uh, World War II. And I'm not sure how he and my mom met. I don't know if they met in Jackson or if they met in warrior birmingham i probably birmingham in that area but uh i was born there in 1944 uh doing the towards the end of world war ii then after that they moved back to phoenix city and lived in phoenix city for a while then uh, they moved into the area of seal at that time seal was a pretty prosperous little town uh, at one time it was the county seat of Russell County. Uh, then as a, as a population grew and politics got involved in it, the county seat was moved to uh, Phoenix City. And Seal was just still a prosperous little town at that, at that particular time, probably about uh, 10,000, maybe 12,000, something like that. So, and, and that's where I grew up. We, we farmed, grew up on a farm, uh, went to a little small, school there was uh at that time the elementary school and the high school was all in one building uh when i graduated uh, they changed from seal high school to shivala high school uh and my graduating class there was 12 of us and that had was the largest graduating class uh in recent years uh, so that's kind of a little bit about me I, we lived on a farm and uh, grew up and Went to college, uh, Troy State, uh, for one semester. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you're not sure how well you are, and, and you know what you're going to do, or, uh, what, until you leave home. Uh, because 
in my home, we were pretty structured. You did what mom and dad told you to do, and it was yes, sir, no, sir, uh, and those kind of things. Very, very polite. Uh, but I got to college. There's nobody there to tell me what to do. You're just kind of on your own. And next thing you know, you start wondering. And I guess the thing that probably changed my mind most of anything was I was in an art class. And this teacher said, I want you to draw me a potato. And she holds up a rock. And I said, no, that's a potato. She said, no, use your mind. It's a potato. I said, no, it's a rock. So that's pretty much how we got from college into the Air Force. Uh, it just wasn't for me. And, uh, you know, there's you know, not, not much structure. You're on your own. You do what you want to do when you get ready. And I think a lot of young adults face that today. Uh, and, but I think parents probably give a little bit more guidance today than probably what we did back when I was growing up and mom and dad having to work and, and you farm and just to make a living. So I ended up joining the Air Force because I knew if I went back home, I was going to get killed. <laughs> my dad borrowed the money for me to go to college on. And uh, that just wasn't something he was going to do. So I ended up joining the Air Force and uh, ended up staying 20 years and uh, uh, got married and had a wonderful family. And, uh, and in my opinion, I think I've been fairly successful. And I measure success on, on two venues or two avenues. One for me personally, compared to uh, what my mom and dad had and how they grew and, and what they had. Then second, more importantly, is how my children are doing afterwards and their successes that they're having in life. So based off of that, I know I'm, I've been a very successful person. Uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of what we do what we've done and i guess going back to seal i met your mom at a little place called seal snack bar it was owned by mr diggs mr diggs was also a retired uh sergeant major in the army and uh a real close friend of the family and uh, i happened to be at the snack bar being close friends when there's only 300 people in the whole town you kind of know everybody and, and those kind of things and she walked in. I said, "Who is that good-looking blonde?" Because I'm behind the counter. I'm behind the counter making a chili dog. Because uh, some of you folks don't know what a chili dog is. Back in Alabama, it's a hot dog with chili on it, coleslaw and onions and all that kind of stuff. And with crackers, there was a little bit of round crackers around it. So I was having a chili dog. And that's how how I met your mom. Uh, yeah, here it is, 56 years later, and she's still putting up with me. Uh, but I say it's a pretty good I, deal. Yeah, we, we I've been blessed. Uh, so anyway, we uh, joined the Air Force, went to basic training. And as a matter of fact, doing basic training was kind of doing the Cuban Missile Crisis deal with uh, President Kennedy. Went to uh, after basic training, we were on alert doing basic training. I had no idea what the hell we were talking about. So got stationed in Omaha, Nebraska. Boy, you're talking about two diverse countries being from seal alabama pretty warm and those kind of things going to omaha nebraska but the thing i liked about omaha it was country mm -hmm. they had farms around and people just good country folks so we spent three years at omaha nebraska and while i was there 
got involved with some things and uh, we had the Cuban Missile Crisis and of course Kennedy was killed and was on alert. And I think probably the best thing happened to me is uh, when I was in high school, I had a teacher, Mrs. Nurse. She made me take typing. And I was the only boy in that group of her typing class with all those girls. But you know what? It got me off that cold flight line in 1963. Uh, because one day, uh, the flight sergeant said, I need somebody who can type. Of course, that hand goes up. And uh, that's kind of how it got started and, and things like that. And uh, at, towards my third year, I was getting ready to think about getting out of the service. And that's when your mom and I got it engaged. And on my way back, got involved in a car accident. Almost uh, wiped me out and, uh, in Arkansas. So... I spent uh, two weeks in the hospital, then I got back to the at Offit, and uh, they let me out on a Friday afternoon. On Monday morning, I'm in the first sergeant's office, and he's going to court-martial me. <laughs> you know, back then, you didn't damage government property, and uh, that's what the first sergeant said, son. We're going to court-martial you. We're going to give you an Article 15. And I'm seeing him writing on this piece of paper. And I said, what's that, first sergeant? He said, uh, son, you just got saved. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're going to Vietnam and bringing life here. Went straight up uh, personnel. That was on a Monday. On Wednesday, I was back home in Alabama. And, of course, uh, your mom and I had already planned to get married in the following June. So that was on Wednesday. We decided to get married on Sunday. Uh, so we got married at the Baptist Church. And that was an ordeal because my mom's Southern Baptist. And we're Baptist and your, your grandma and grandpa there were Catholics. So we got married, and lo and behold, while I was in Vietnam, guess what happened? I you came born. along. You came along. I'll never forget that night. I'm out walking to, out of perimeter with my dog, Wolf, because I work military working dogs over there. They brought me in, and and you'll remember this. You'll get a kick out of it. Some of the old farts will, too. We had... Uh, the uh, I forgot what you call it now, but we had uh, Mars uh, military air uh, radio station. So when you, they called, let me know your mom was talking to me. She would say, "Well, I just had uh, Chuck," and she'd say, "Over." Then I could talk. And then when I got through talking, I'd say, "Over," and then we could talk. Of course, say somebody listened to that conversation, and that's how I found about uh, about you uh, being born and in Vietnam. And then, of course, after that, we left and got stationed at Maxwell. That Maxwell was a, it was a great assignment for us. It was uh, six years there. And the, what I liked about it most was 90 miles east was my home with my mom and dad and my family. Then 90 miles south was where your grandfather and grandmother and her family, your mom's family all was. Because my father-in-law was still in the army at that time stationed down at Fort Rucker and then so we could go see each other and see all the families uh, whenever we got ready and things like that and the other interesting note about my tour in Vietnam my brother-in-law Bobby my your mom's uh, oldest brother and my father-in-law was uh, in Vietnam same time Army Air Force and Navy hmm. and uh, just so happened that with my father-in-law they had a, a airplane uh, that was stationed there at Pleiku, where I was at. And uh, funny, 
funny story from that. One night I'm walking there out of Primerton with my dog Wolf, and this uh, deuce and half come rolling up. And I walk up, check out the ID and stuff like that. And lo and behold, John Rogers. John Rogers was a guy from uh, Seal who was stationed in the, with uh, your grandfather. And uh, we talked for a few minutes. And uh, he said, Lewis, that's what they called me back then. He said, don't you need to go down the road there a little ways and go check out some stuff? And I said, yes, sir. So they went on. And on the way out, I looked in the back of that and half and they had a generator so that's the way things were done back then and uh so i used to go down and see my father-in-law uh and visit with him and i think that was probably good for him as it, as it was for me uh had some good had some good times uh but at maxwell one of the the things that sticks out most to me was uh of course being in alabama and alabama football you know, you're either over alabama and we're, we're big alabama fans uh in 1971, I don't know why Nixon was in Birmingham, but he was. And at the same time that Alabama and Auburn were playing in the uh, Iron Bowl. And uh, so I got selected to go up to provide security for Nixon. And of course, Shook Jordan and uh, Barry Bryant was there and, and to greet him and all those kind of things. And you look up and uh, you see all the media is around Bear Bryant and Shook Jordan and kind of Nixon off to the side a little bit because they're, they're talking about the Alabama football game. And the conversation I remember most about that was uh, Bear Bryant was talking about uh, Auburn. Of course, they had Pat Sullivan, who's uh, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner that year and all those kind of things. He said, I just don't know what we're going to do with them boys. They got Pat Sullivan, a quarterback. They got this guy there, and they just going to be just, he just pulled mouth on them. And guess what? It was 31-7 Alabama over Auburn. So that was kind of a neat experience there. Then from there, uh, we went to Yokota. I think you were about four years old when we went to Yokota in Japan. I was. And, uh, and your sister was two, and uh, we missed No, 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 no. It was 72, so I was six. And six, and she was two. She was two. Yeah. Yeah. And we, on the way over, we met what turned out to be our our best friends for life, uh, Connie and Shirley. And, uh, and unfortunately, we just lost Shirley a couple of years ago, then Connie just a few weeks ago. But uh, had some great times there. And then one of the highlights there at Yokota was. Uh, Nixon on his visit to China in 72, I think it was, uh, guarded his airplane. But the biggest thing, and probably one of the most memorable things of my career was Operation Baby Lift. Uh, when they were uh, airlifting the refugees out of Vietnam, and especially the, uh, the, uh, the children out of there. I, I think it's something like uh, a couple of thousand airlifted and things like that. So then uh, we came to to Georgia and Lackland and as an instructor here at the uh, Security Fitch Academy, and just some good things. And when we retired, they gave you and I the time that we finally got a chance to catch up and do some of the things that we wanted to do that was that was, was fun. So that's that's a long history uh, about me. So. So you came back in 76 and you spent a couple of years in, uh, 
in Georgia at Warner Robins. Right. And then you got orders to come to Lackland here in San Antonio. Right. Yep. And that was uh, 1979? 79 to 82. And the biggest reason for that move is at that time, your mom's family was all in California. And we thought, well, if we got an assignment here, we'd put us about halfway in between both families and things like that. And uh, as it turned out, most of her family ended up moving back to Texas anyway. And then uh, in, my, in your senior year, uh, you got orders to go to Turkey. And it was going to be 24 years, 24 months unaccompanied or 18 months accompanied. And that's just not something we want to do. You leaving in your senior year. And I remember your mom talking about. It was my junior year. No, it would have been my senior year. No, You're right. Senior. You're right. It would have been my senior year. And uh, and I remember your mom talking about her moving three times her senior year and, and those kind of things. So that's what we made a decision to uh retired state San Antonio. We love San Antonio. It's a beautiful city. So and that's history. So that's what brought you here, what brought me here as well. So me, you've already heard part of the story. I was born in California while my dad was in Vietnam. My dad was born in Mississippi while his dad was in World War II. So moved to Alabama, grew up. You can answer that phone, Dad, or hang it up. Because it's like you don't hear it. <laughs> and for those who don't know, my dad is deaf. Not just like in theory or ha ha ha. No, he's like deaf as a post and he's got hearing aids <laughs> and he's really deaf out of one ear and can barely hear out of the other. So anyway, so we moved here in 79. So that's why I claim Texas as home because this is where I quote grew up. I went to high school here at John Marshall High School after you had retired from Lackland because I was going to school on Lackland at Lackland High School. Uh, took a few years off from high school to bum around and just be a bum and be aimless and not go anywhere or have much ambition. And my truck got stolen. Yep, sure and, did. And I already owed you the money for the price of the truck that you had loaned me to get. And, and I, I believe the direct quote was, just get a ride with your hoodlum friends or ride or take the via bus. There you go. And how did you come about that truck? Uh, I bought it from my Uncle Leonard with money that you loaned me. <laughs> that you paid back. I did. However, so like I said, I owed you that money because I hadn't finished paying it off. And then, like, ask you for more money. It's like, you know what? Chuck's got to get his crap together. So this was January 1986, and I was working at a place that doesn't exist anymore in a, in a mall that doesn't exist. I was working at Montgomery Ward in, uh, what was it, that West Lakes Mercado kind of a? Yeah. Was, was that the mall? West Lakes. West Lakes, uh huh. And there was, there was some recruiters there, and I was working at Montgomery Wards. I walked down the, went straight to the Army. I don't know why, probably because I wanted to be different from you because you were in the Air Force. And I knew if I joined the Air Force, I'd be going right back down the street to where we just left and doing basic training there. Like I said, I needed a, a, a clean break, get out of town. Left in March. It was so, so nice and warm because, you know, everybody knows what the weather's like here in San Antonio in the springtime. 
Wasn't like that when I got to Fort Dix for basic training. <laughs> no. And as a matter of fact, it snowed in April when we went out to the rifle range to qualify with our weapons. So did basic training, then did my AIT, which you guys in the Air Force call tech school at Georgia. Came home for a couple of weeks, went to Germany, spent almost four years in Germany, got married, had a daughter, Kaylee, happy birthday. Her birthday was just two days ago. Uh, came back from Fort Gordon, or came back to Fort Gordon to be stationed. Had another daughter, Erica. Then went back to Germany. Unfortunately, things between myself and, and their mother didn't work out, so we separated and got divorced. Uh, ended up after that marrying like my high school sweetheart, kind of, you know, because we, we dated off and on. My, my wife, Brenda, we've been married now, holy crap, 27 years? Yeah, I think, I think 27. Yeah. I think it's 27. You know, when she, you know, when she sees this, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think she's listened to the first episode. <laughs> so anyway, so, so it was Germany, Georgia, Germany, came back from Germany with my, with my new wife, Brenda, and we went to Kansas, spent a couple of years in Kansas. I put in my paperwork to apply to be a warrant officer. I got selected to be a warrant officer. Went back to Fort Gordon for training and then got stationed at Fort Hood. At Fort Hood, that's when 9-11 happened. Shortly after 9-11, I was on orders to go to Italy. And in Italy, my youngest daughter, Mackenzie, was born. Uh, man, and that was that was when things started happening really fast. So I forgot when I was at Fort Hood, I had to go, I was deployed to Saudi Arabia for six months as a comsec officer for a Patriot missile battalion. And then in Italy, we had to go to Aviano to get the 173rd Airborne out to do the jump into Northern Iraq. That was like just literally weeks after McKenzie was born, we had to do this. So my wife's at home with a brand new baby and I'm gone. Then in the summer of that same year, I was told on a Monday, pack your bags, you're leaving in a couple of days, and you're going on a ship to go off the coast of Africa to this country called Liberia because there's this dictator there, Charles Taylor, and there's a civil war going on there, and we got we to gotta stop it. So I go home and I tell, tell Brenda, hey, um, in two days I'm leaving to go to Africa, and that's that. And she's like... How long are you going to be gone? I don't know. What are you going to be doing? I don't know. Where are you going to be? I don't know. So anyway, spent almost three months on a ship, the USS Iwo Jima off the coast of Liberia. Came back. Then Iraq and Afghanistan's kicking off. And then I get orders to go to Georgia, but not Fort Gordon, Fort Stewart this time to go to 3rd Infantry Division. And from there, we went to Iraq, came back. Then I did uh, training with industry and then went to Fort Bragg, working for U.S. Army Special Operations Command. From there, did a short stint in Afghanistan, came back. Um, a, 
a good friend of mine, uh, kind of good fortune, the very first person I met at warrant officer school, the very first person I met, we were both in the, in our room at the same time, dropping off our bags. And, uh, we met and we started talking he's like, my name's Mike. And I'm like, my name's Chuck. Hey, what's your MOS? And he's like, I'm going to be a 250 Bravo. I'm like, really? So am I. He's like, no way. Then we got to, Hey, where are you going to be stationed at? And Mike said, I'm going to Fort hood. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's where I wanted to go. He goes, really? And he goes, and then I asked him where, I mean, he asked me, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Fort drum. He's like, no way. I said, yeah. He goes, that's where I wanted. So we made a pact right then and there to help each other get through warrant officer school. So we could hopefully try to swap assignments. And that's what we did. So that was 1998. Fast forward to 2010, while I was at Fort Bragg, he is now my assignment manager for all the warrant officers in in the signal warrant officers. So anybody who doesn't know what Signal Corps is, just go to Google, type in Signal Corps, and it'll explain to you. So basically, calm IT type people. And so that's how I got assigned back to San Antonio at Fort Sam Houston and retired stayed here so it's kind of like my life has kind of come full circle and now i work for the air force on the very same base that you retired from over on security hill so it's 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 really odd how life can just out of nowhere it, it can be so small it can be so i, I can't even describe you know the the craziness and oddities that seems so surreal like that, you know? Yeah, so true. So that was, that was 2012. And so that's, I've been working for the air force for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years this June. And so back to you after you retired, I believe it was uh, January, 1983, January 1st, 83. So for those of you who are doing your math in your head, that was 39 years ago. Yeah. A long time ago. 39 years ago. So, yeah. so back to you, you retired from the air force and you were a security policeman or air policeman back in the sixties. And then you went a completely different route. You weren't, you went from being a cop to what? Uh, in the fast food industry. And you did that for, you worked for Jack in the Box? I worked for Jack in the Box for 19 years. It was kind of ironic in that I worked while I was stationed at, uh, at Maxwell at, during my last three years I was in. I worked at the Officers Club uh, as a night manager. And I met a, a couple there who actually were retired. And they both worked for, for Jack in the Box. That's how I got into Jack in the Box. But 19 years with them and then... Decided to make a change. Uh, thought about getting out and getting into the law enforcement, but the salary and the hours and those kind of things just wasn't what I felt comfortable with. So I ended up working with uh, Whataburger, one of the best moves I ever made, I think. I spent 19 years with them. Uh, had a lot of fun, met a lot of nice people, had some really uh, nice awards being selected as the uh, general manager of the year and as the as an area manager of the year at that time. And I think that still holds true today. The only person to be able to 
achieved both of those awards as a in the restaurant level and um, and at the area manager level. So had a real good tour, uh, a lot of fun. So yeah, after you left Jack in the Box, that's when you went to Waterburger and and that was like that was like the best time when you were working there for because everybody got the coupons, the Whataburger swag, you know, and then Absolutely. just before you retired, they came out with the, the ketchup, the mustard, they came out with all that stuff that you could buy, the pancake mix, the sausage. Everything. It's, uh, it's a great company. Uh, it had a lot of fun. You and Brenda and McKenzie came down to see me when I was down in uh, Victoria. That was kind of a neat, or you and, uh, I don't think, but, I don't think McKenzie came with you. I think it's just you and Brenda. I think that was before, that was before we went to Italy. I okay. think I we think I was I think that was had that a trip. chance to, to visit and see what kind of single life I was living down there in that little small apartment. But it was fun. I, I met some really nice people. Got to be close friends with Tom Dobson, the uh, one of the two brothers and sister who owned Whataburger. So great experience. And then I decided to retire, and uh, that's when. That's when we started having fun. Actually, it's when I really started having. Well, yeah, when you started having really fun, but it it started back when we first moved here. So you know the fact that two years later I'm retired, and I'm like, and I'm just working, you know, my regular job, and I come home at a regular hour, you know, I'm like I don't have any hobbies. And then I remember back in high school, you know, when I had long hair, I used to go to rock concerts. Well, I still listen to rock music. I just don't have the long hair anymore. And and you love country music. And, you know, that love came back to me again. And so I'm like, you know what? What can I do with my dad? And I'm like, Let, let's go start seeing, you know, these old country stars that, you know, I grew up listening to that you loved. And some of them were still touring. And I think that's where this whole thing started was just me taking you to these shows and then, you know, taking the selfies and posting them. And then I always kept saying, Hey, I thought it would be cute. You know, the two old farts and it just kind of just stuck. So for the last, what, 10 years, you know, you and I have been going to concerts and just having a great time. Absolutely. And I, First time going to Flores was with you. I think we saw uh, Ray Price. I'm not sure if that was the first person that we saw. I think it was. Just some, uh, actually, we saw him like two or three times. And uh, if no, if it was a good, if it wasn't Ray, sorry, I mean, if it wasn't Ray Price, it was probably Willie Nelson. That was the first person we saw there. I don't know. It, yeah, it could have been. I think it was, uh, anyway. It's just fun, and then Brenda started joining us on some of them, and. Uh, then your sister went with us on a couple, and it's just all about family and just having fun, drinking some beer and talking a little trash. I can't say the other word. And one of the strangest requests that you asked concert-wise, because growing up, you the only rock and roll you listened to was 50s rock and roll, Elvis and Fats Domino and all of that stuff, basically the stuff you'd hear on uh, Happy Days. Yeah. <laughs> But the only modern rock back in the 70s you listened to was Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, ZZ Top. But no, you didn't. See, that that's you you you, <laughs> you you stole you stole my thunder. So that was the that was that was the request. He's like, hey, if ZZ Top ever comes, I want to see him. And I'm like, you don't listen to ZZ Top. But we went and uh, with Brenda and my friend Alan, and, and we just had a great time. 
Yeah. That little old band from Texas. Yeah, I think we've seen them twice. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the, probably to me, one of the most fun times was when we went to go see Chevy Checker. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do I remember? (laughs) Oh, man. So, here's, here's, ladies and gentlemen, here's what happened. Chubby Checker had come down from the stage and was walking through the aisles, and he happened to come through our aisle, you know, and having a great time, and, you know, he's high-fiving and all that stuff, and then he walks back up on the stage, and he's like, if you guys want to come up and do the, you know, the twist, you know, come on up. And I looked at you, and I'm like, you want to go? And you were like, let's go. And I was like, oh, my God, my dad's actually want, and next thing you know, we're up on the stage with a, a bunch of other old farts trying to do the twist on stage with chubby checker no no lie people that really did happen that i'm gonna tell you that was a great time and uh it was just a just a lot of fun and that just goes to show you when you have good friends and family and you want to get out and do things you can have a lot of fun and not spend a lot of money uh, but it sure makes a lot of memories and Sometimes those members are the things that get you through the tough days. And, and don't be afraid to, you know, just go out and wing it and not care what anybody says or thinks about what you're doing. Because yeah, we look like a bunch of stupid, crazy old white guys up on the stage trying to do the twist. But you know what? We had, <laughs> we had a good time, good memories, and makes a lot of people laugh when they think about it. Yes, it does. And uh, we, we've done some things like that a couple of times. Uh I think the last show I took you to was uh, George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Oh, yeah, that was a night. I think I surprised you that uh, you didn't think I would like him, but I'll tell you what, he sure put on a hell of a show. That was, the, another, it, he, that was the first person I've ever seen you, maybe next to Chubby Checker, get that excited, like visibly excited, like a little kid in a candy store. Like I'm like, dang, you really like this music. Yep. Uh, and your mom gets mad at me because one of the things when we were first dating, you know, you're trying to show off and impress and stuff like that. You like rock and roll music? No, only country. <laughs> and so we have that conversation from time to time. But I will tell you, uh, those are good times. And music can bring out the best in everybody. It can. And that has brought you and I so much closer than I ever was because – I was growing up, you were always busy working. You um, even Operation Baby Lift, TDYs, schools. And then when you retired and you were working at Jack in the Box, you were working a lot of nights. And I was at that age, I was working, you know, in the fast food industry and other places. So there was times we wouldn't see each other for a week. Yep. And then there's times you saw too much. I mean, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. No, 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 no. I got a call, or your mom got a call from a teacher that says you were failing. And of course, your mom said, How could that be? Because coming out of Georgia, you were in the National Honor Society. Well, sometimes when you get out, you get on your own and goes back to be out of high school, you, you're not getting that supervision or the guidance that you need. And, uh, and that happens when parents are working sometimes and, and uh, you're trying to make a living rather than, than take care of family. But anyway, we made that trip out towards uh, out towards your country. Remember, we stopped at that tree, and I said, "See that tree over there? That's uh, your tree." 
and I I think I threw you a beer on on the ride out there, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, and yeah, I was I, I was af- I was afraid to open it because I thought it was a trap. <laughs> and I said, "Drink it." And uh, you didn't know what to do, so we dr- made you drink that beer. And I think I told you a few things that we had to make this trip out here again. That was going to be your tree. I was going to tie your butt up there and leave it. Guess what? You got zipped from your final exam. That's that teacher. I know you probably still don't care for him, but he was your best friend. That actually got your career started, I think, with the military because of uh, the things that you've accomplished in your life at, at that point. And uh, so those those are the kind of fun things I like to remember, especially when we're going on trips. Uh, like we go see Willie and those guys, we have a couple of beers and we start reminiscing. And that's what makes life so much fun these days, especially for me uh, in these older days. So what he really said to me was, and it wasn't just a beer. He, before we went on the trip, he pulled into the 7-Eleven or Sitco or whatever, stop and go, came out with a six pack of beer and set it between us. He said, get you one. So anyway, while we're driving, way 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 out in the country he didn't say a word people not one word and so i'm trying to drink this beer so i'm like how am i supposed to do this so i'm matching him drink for drink you know just so he doesn't see me like trying to guzzle it down or whatever anyway we pull over the side of the road again just for like a minute no talking and he said son you see that tree out there in the middle of that field yes sir well, you keep doing what you're doing, and we're going to walk out to that tree. And only one of us is going to walk back. And I guarantee you, it's going to be a long walk home. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. And that was it. That was all that was said. I, I Because of what had happened, I thought you were going to go crazy. I was going to get a whipping. I was going to get a restriction. But, you know, you did that Jedi mind trick, and it, it scared the crap out of me because I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the solid words are the best, right? Just like your mom when she gives you that eye. Yeah. And in uh, the time you uh, wrote a note to excuse yourself from class and left it on the table, and she found it. <laughs> yeah. I see. yeah. See, Dad, you shouldn't be saying all this because my 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 children are going to hear this, and my grandchildren they're going to be like, "Oh my God, my grandfather, my dad was such a bad guy." Yeah, they're going to think, "Hey, he's a pretty cool guy. We're going to pull some of that ourselves." Yeah. No, don't do it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. That's what that's what makes life, and uh, and you have all those memories and think about uh, all the things you do when you grow up. Like when uh, when your mom and I got married in Seal, uh, your uncle Joy was only like six years old, and uh, so he used to go play with some of the neighbors behind and stuff like that. So one day your mom sent me out to look for him and they were hiding. They didn't want, they thought he was going to be in trouble and stuff. So when I left, I said, well, you see him, send him home. So I left and I looked around to come back and here comes Joy up the road. Guess what he's got in his hand? A snake. Oh, a water moccasin. I said, Joy, throw that damn thing away. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good time. And, when uh, your mom and I got engaged, and uh, I took Joy with me to uh, get her engagement ring. So we're there at, uh, at the jewelry store and getting ready to leave, and Joy said, 
my mom would like this. I looked down and he's holding up a necklace. <laughs> I said, I said, okay. So I ended up buying her a necklace. And guess what? Your mom still got that necklace. Uh, I ended up buying a chain for her last year. Uh, the chain broke. So she's had that necklace like 57 years. I'll be dang. Uh, good members of the Yoga Joy and all your brothers and uncles and stuff. Uh, in fact, uh, today is your Grandma Clara's birthday. Okay. Yeah, her, her heavenly birthday. She's been dead for a few years. but. Uh, okay. So, yeah. The two old farts out and about, going to concerts, maybe coming to a concert near you sometime. Like uh, in the previous episode, we're going to go see... Maybe we're going to go see... I'm going to go see um, Austin Mead. I think I'm going to bring you along, but we've also got uh, Blackberry Smoke coming up and then Johnny yep. Mathis later in the year, and we'll see what else pops up. And maybe I can take you to a rock show, maybe take you to some headbanging music or something. Uh, I don't know about that, but we can go to some rock shows. Well, just take your hearing aids out. There you go. You see, problem solved. <laughs> you'll love seeing all the craziness and people jumping off the stage and mosh pit and all that crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, folks, thank you all 18, 19, 20 of you for listening. We appreciate it. Um, I hope you tune in again. Um, I think our next episode, we're going to try to bring in my uncle Leonard, my mom's second oldest brother. Yep. So, my mom is the oldest, and then where'd it go? Bobby, Birdie, Bur- no, Birdie, Birdie, Bobby, Leonard. Uh, was it Vicky? A- uh, Vicky, no, Amy didn't. Vicky, Vicky didn't. Amy, Vicky, Amy, and then Michael and Joey. And Joey. So it was like two girls, Strang- two boys, two girls, two boys. Strangest thing: half of them look like their mom, and half look like the dad. Uh, Half of them are blonde, and the other half are dark-haired. That's so crazy. And those, yep. for those of you who thought you heard my dad say, my brothers, I don't have any brothers. My mom has brothers. You had brothers. But I have no brothers. I have only a sister. Yeah, you have no biological brothers, but you have brothers. They consider you like a son and a, and a brother. And for those of you who are listening, my sister Tina was a brat. She tore up and wrote all over my Bruce Lee poster. I am still traumatized by that from 1974 when I saw the Bruce Lee movies in the theater. I will never get over this, Tina. You owe me. And I know you did buy me a replacement poster, and I thank you for it. But you will never, ever live that down. So thank you, people. On behalf of the two old farts, we are out and about. Hopefully, we will be at a restaurant, brewery, distillery, sports event, park, concert near you. So thank you all. Have a good day, and uh, hope you have a blessed day. Thank you. Have fun. Enjoy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Goodbye.